Welcome to the Common Geeking Program. Typically, this is a book club podcast for geek culture and or a repository for geek news and things of the like, a smorgasbord for geekdom as our group of friends likes to come together and provide you with our takes on on these sorts of things and hopefully give you some funny and insightful new perspectives on the world of geeks. Now, in that vein, I do need to say that this week we are not giving you a normal episode. And the reason we aren't is because uh, we have been hard, hard at work at something else. We have just launched a new podcast we are calling Dice Populi. It is a tabletop role-playing podcast. We're currently using Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition to tell a story called Dicey Waters. And the first three episodes of that are currently out with another one coming out this Wednesday. The show can be found at Dice Populi, uh, DicePopuli.com, and, uh, and, and on the Common Geeking Program website. Um, and I personally have put a tremendous amount of work into it. It's got original music. It's got... Um, Uh, character voices, it's got light sound design, and and a lot of thought has gone into it. So what I'm doing, given that we didn't have the time to put a regular episode together, is I am putting the first two episodes of that into one little mashup. Uh, The first episode is actually in episode zero, which is an introduction. It's a very light, fun, and thematic, I think thematically compelling way to be introduced to the world. And after that is the first episode. So this will be about 90 minutes, which is about the length of some of our longer episodes. If you haven't checked out Dice Populi already, uh, stay tuned for this. I think you're going to have a good time. And if you do like it, go check out Dice Populi uh, and subscribe to it wherever you subscribe. Uh, We have the RSS feed and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and a bunch of other links on DicePopuli.com. Our goal right now is to be back in two, maybe three weeks with another episode of CGP proper. Um, Though we are sort of reevaluating how we're gonna make this show, we know we don't have a giant following and we know that that, that a lot of work goes into it. So we're we're really trying to find the best way to strike a balance with our lives. But um, this new show is certainly a passion project and hopefully something that a lot of you listening to this show will really find some enjoyment in. Uh, like, share, subscribe, rate, all that sort of thing uh, for this, for that, for how you doing, whatever works. Um, but I'm going to stop talking now. I want to thank you for tuning in, and I really encourage you to stick around and at least see how this is, uh, see how this shapes up. And if you like it, we have got plenty more. So stay tuned for Dice Populi, and thank you for listening to this. Long ago, after the founding, the continent of Terralanter was as verdant as it was violent. A few used its proper name. Many only knew it as the Warlands. The Great Charm Offensive, as it was named, was a ploy to soften the peoples of Terralanter and to make ripe the land for conquest. They had built a great device built in part by the newly available resources that Terralanter industry provided. The day came, the device was prepped, and it laid waste. To the elven countries. A misfire. The device's true purpose is not wholly known, but what happened is only known too well. A mass dispelling of all magical items on the continent and an almost complete destruction of the Vitalis Highlands. It was rendered from the land and shunted to the sea. A once verdant valley land, now just hundreds of bespeckled and small islands. A great magical storm known as the Tear encircles these islands, 
whose winds carrying grit, glass, and rock gusting fast enough to rip the flesh from bone. In the fallout of the catastrophe, the continent of Terlinter fell back into chaos. Slowly, ever so slowly, civilization returned, as the forces of the Atritian Empire pacified the land. Having won its war and now having an abundance of prisoners, they found a solution. Using great armored ships, they were able to traverse the tear, deposit their prisoners, and left them to create a livable world for themselves. Only told one thing, if they were able to amass enough items of value, they may leave. Thus started a great tradition of the continent of Terlenter moving its problems somewhere else. Eventually the empire fell, and a new tyranny born. The Mage Lords. Their hold on the continent is absolute, and anyone in their way, if not outright killed, are taken to the islands known as the Badlands. Um, okay, how do we want to start this? Welcome to Dice Populi, or welcome to the to the making of Miami Dice. Um, <laughs> Better. What is what, welcome what were the to other... Don't Dice Inside Me. <laughs> 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 welcome uh, to Dice on My Chest, Dice on My Face. <laughs> setting a strange tone. Here we are at the beginning. A new role playing podcast bravely enters the scene, and incidentally, your ears. Thank you for welcoming us into your brains as we welcome you to our table. Uh, this is Dice Populi, though the name is apparently still sort of being debated amongst those of us on this podcast, <laughs> and it might change any day. This is episode oh. zero, as it were. We are going to explain who we are, what we're doing, why you should care, why you do care, and hopefully another, a few more questions uh, that... Uh, that will give you a sense of of what Dice Populi is. So side note, for listeners who are familiar with Real Play Podcasts and do not care to listen to this lovingly crafted preparatory content, you may skip to the first proper episode of the show without consequence. For everyone else, this is a podcast where we are going to try to tell stories together using tabletop role-playing games. Dice Populi is going to feature a few of us. Um, well, my name is Colin. I am introducing the show and floundering apparently. Um, I just realized I, I just realized I don't have my dice near me, and that's like a huge fucking mistake. That's the name of the show. I am going to be dungeon mastering a lot of this, uh, a lot of this story, a lot of this campaign, 
and I would like to introduce the folks that are going to be doing that with me because our format's a little bit different. How about we roll for initiative to see the order in which oh, we introduce ourselves? Am I adding my character's initiative? Uh, how about you add your own initiative, whatever you think that so is. So like a negative five? Okay. <laughs> yeah, a negative five. Zero, son. Well, I got a two. So. I got a 20. Oh, I got nice. a strong nine. Okay. So we're going to go in order. So, Tat, you had a 20. Um, sorry, mystery person who needs yet to introduce yourself. Uh, who are you and what are you doing here? Uh, hello. My name is Patrick Brem. Um, I'm here because I'm friends with all these losers um <laughs> oof and we're gonna play some dungeons and dragons yeah i'm it's weird though because i'm friends with all of you from different points in my life like colin and matt are from my childhood and then ryan's from college and then josh i've only ever met you on the internet but <laughs> I I actually like i'm just nice. a complicated ai yeah <laughs> Yeah, Josh, I've never seen you, so you yeah, could just be a figment neither. of my imagination, and everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I'm here to play some D&D and to DM some D&D, just all about D&D. So who's next up in the initiative order? We had a nat 20. Who's below that? I rolled an 18. Minus five? All right. Uh, I'm Josh. Uh, I'm a figment of your imagination, and uh, I'm very excited to be playing D&D with you guys. I've been playing D&D since I was like... 14, 15, 13, 12, I don't know, somewhere That's in the a lot uh, of ages. Four, 14, early 15, 13, 12. pubescent stages. Um, yeah, no. Hey, guys, I, do you want to play Dungeons & Dragons? <laughs> roll for initiative. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be playing with you guys. All right, and who is who had uh, next up under 18 on their roll? Ryan, what'd you have? I had a two, so I'm pretty <laughs> safely last unless somebody. Okay. Got yeah, no, I, I had a strong nine, but minus nine is a zero. So, well, okay. no, I'm kidding. Well, let's go with the nat nine. I'm a uh, hi. I'm Matt. I I am here. We're we're about to play some Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, in my spare time, I enjoy long walks on the beach and avoiding peanut butter at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason other than the sport of it. Nobody laughs. <laughs> oh, I'm sweating. Ryan, here. I sympathize uh, with you so much. We're the last in the initiative order. It's me. Hello. I'm your it's friend, Ryan Mossbarger. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master who you ignore on the daily. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what fucking neighborhood do you live in? Uh, yeah, I uh, I know all these guys. Well, I, I know some. I know Pat from college. I know Colin from yelling at him over podcasts, <laughs> and I know all the rest from this podcast and preparing <laughs> it. So I feel like we're all friends now. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dungeon mastering the first <laughs> the first thing that we do the first the first uh, the first real thing the first real thing we do. I, so, I do the short straw. So everybody here is saying they're a dungeon master, which might seem confusing to the typical uh, real play. Uh, Wait, real play. You're tabletop. talking about the dice game dungeon master, right? Yeah, and we're not talking about like a sexual dungeon master. Oh uh, right? well, this isn't for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, no whips I'm and so chains unless your character has proficiency. <laughs> I'm just gonna edit in a bunch of sound effects of phones hanging up and then a dial tone and see if people turn off the podcast. Uh, after we say that no so the the format of this podcast is a little different so i'm the dungeon master in that 
I am going to be sort of structuring our first campaign. Now, we are playing Dungeons & Dragons. That could change in the future, but the first game we're playing is a campaign that we are calling Dicey Waters. I will be making sure that the entire campaign is in order because each of my four friends here are going to be running their own one-shots in this world. The idea is we want everybody to get a chance to Dungeon Master to run the game. We also want them to find interesting new things that other DMs might not think of. So we're going to have a pretty rich and varied uh, approach to building a campaign. I exist as the person tying it all together. So I will be running um, an introductory arc called Escape from Farpoint, which will introduce you to the characters in the setting. And the first episode of that should already be in your podcast feed. So if you just want to jump into the action, go right ahead. Um, after that, uh, we're going to have one shots run by Ryan, then Josh, then Matt, then Pat, and each is going to have its own sort of flavor and its own surprises. And I'm the only one who knows anything about them besides the folks running them. So it's going to be surprises for everyone across the board. And it's going to wrap up with me doing a final arc based on everything they've done. That's the format of the show. That's Dice Populi and how the Dicey Waters campaign is going to work. So why don't we actually get into the characters a bit? So the four of you each have player characters that you're going to carry through this campaign. Let's take the same initiative order as before. Pat, uh, why don't you show me, show, why don't you tell us what you got? Who are you going to be bringing to the table? So, uh, my name is Locke, and I've lost everything I ever cared about. You see, I was wrapped up in some questionable enterprises, and I was really, really good at what I did. I wasn't anybody important. But I put my fair share of muscle. The problem is, that wasn't really who I was. I put on this stupid fucking voice to sound tougher and meaner, but really uh, I'm just a guy who's trying to put food on the table. I had a family. A wife. A daughter who meant the world to me. Well, mean the world to me. But I had to lie to them about what I did. If they knew I was some black-tied henchman, it would break their hearts. So. I had to plan to change my ways without her ever finding out. I was in real deep and couldn't just walk away. I knew stuff. I, I, they would have killed me. So whenever I was around the guys, I just started dropping nonchalant comments about some quote-unquote rumors I had heard from management. Things about budget cuts and downsizing. The idea was that this would rile up the troops to get everybody at each other's throats. But even the best laid plans go awry. I got caught destroying some merchandise. All the pieces started falling into place, and they figured out that I was behind everything. And that's how I got here. They pinned every single crime the Black Tide ever committed on me, claimed I was the mastermind behind the whole organization. So naturally, my wife found out, couldn't believe she was married to such a monster like me. She took everything, even my daughter, and left. Didn't tell me where she was going or anything, and now I'm stuck in this godforsaken jail cell and scene holy shit that Woo! was ooh, golf clap that was oh, fantastic right. um so so that's a that is a compelling backstory what's your what's your character build in, in Dungeons right. and dragons 5e so Locke is a dragonborn eldritch knight um i don't what know kind of, i what, didn't know what, that well it's it's fucking what's the the base class that i have to fucking pick I fighter fighter yeah, fighter so he's a fighter but then you just you spec into eldritch knight He's uh, got a criminal background, obviously, and he's a true neutral alignment because, like, 
He's not a bad guy per se, but he really only cares about himself and his family. Just because you are a bad guy does not, does not mean, mean you, you are, are a bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, he's pretty cool though because I'm an Eldritch Knight. I got a bunch of cool spells and whatnot. So I think I took, like, I got Magic Missile. I got Thunder Wave. I got Shield, False Life, Blade Ward, Shocking Grass. So I can do a lot of stuff, and I got my Breath Weapon because I'm a I'm a badass Dragonborn and whatnot. But yeah, he's 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 a little he's got a soft spot because of his daughter and uh Damn. He he Very, yeah. cares about the the little ones, but he doesn't he doesn't really give a shit about adults. Right. The younglings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I use a halberd as my main weapon cuz fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Solid strategy. <laughs> Josh, you've got a character as well, which that Thank was a you. dumb thing for me to say, but why don't you tell me about it? <laughs> Um, <clears throat> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, hello, I am Sir Edmund Montgomery Blackwood. Uh, I was born in the Elven Kingdom of Ilian, the son of the human ambassador of the Kasani people. Uh, Ramon de Santos was his name. We don't say his name a lot anymore. Uh, and my mother was the beautiful Elven Lady Maria Chantel. Uh, she was the cousin and first hand of the Queen of Ilan. Uh, my surname, Blackwood, is given to bastards and interracial children in uh, Elan, but we won't dwell on that. It's a sore subject. I grew up with three older brothers, but I was the runt of the litter. I was never the biggest or strongest, but damned if I wasn't the quickest. I ran, but I also learned how to hit back. Uh, if you can't hit the hardest, you better hit the most. So at the age of 25, I decided to serve the kingdom of Elian in the best way I could, and I took an oath of the crown. I became a shield in the royal order of the Golden Bark. I used my cunning, swiftness, and force of sheer personality to establish myself in the ranks and be assigned to the Emerald Palace, the uh, palace in the capital of Elan named Chistain. Uh, I was still relatively new to the order when the evasion happened. The Emperor, uh, the Empire of Kassan, uh, for which my father was still the ambassador, had always been a militaristic empire. They were ambitious and ruthless, they, and when they invaded, my father upheld his oath to the Kasani government and returned to his homeland, betraying my family and leaving me and my brothers to try to scrape together some semblance of honor. The invasion was brutal and swift. In a few weeks' time, the capital city of Chastain was under siege. The royal family barricaded in the Emerald Palace. When the Kasani army stormed the castle, the ensuing conflict was brutal. My brothers were slaughtered, protecting the royal family. My mother was shuttered in with the queen and her royal chambers. I rushed to defend her, but I, I wasn't fast enough that time. I heard her screams as they cut her down, and I will never forget the fear in her voice. I fled from the castle and made my way to my child home, packed up whatever I could carry. And amongst my belongings, I included a copy of the royal family tree. Now, 75 years later, I still roam the world searching for an heir to the throne. I will find an heir, I will rally the people to overthrow the Kasani, and I will restore peace and order. Now this next part uh, is a little audience participation, so <clears throat> repeat after me. I am the shield of Elan. I am, I am the shield, shield of Elan. Righteous protector of its citizens. Righteous, Righteous protector of its citizens. Bastion of its values. Bastion of its values. Paragon of its ideals. Paragon of its ideals. My legacy is my own. My destiny is Elan's. My legacy is my own. My destiny is Elan's. So here I stand, the light and dark. So here I stand. Here I stand, the light and dark. Alien's champion, its golden bark. 
Ilium's champion. champion. It's golden, it's golden bark. bark. Dude, that's fucking legit. It's so corny, and I fucking love it. <laughs> so, well, I fucking love you. What's the what's what's the build of of this extraordinarily theatrical character? Yeah, so I am playing an oath of the crown paladin for a fallen kingdom. So um, he's kind of has an oath to nothing, um, but you know still lives up to the ideals um, with the faction agent background. Um, he's a half elf, you know, uh, interracial child there, but he is lawful good still. He upholds his oath whenever he can, um, trying to spread light in the darkness. And he is a dexterity based paladin. Um, Paladin's my favorite class, but I've never gone full Dex Paladin, and it's fucking dope. You never go full and, Paladin. Uh, I always <laughs> go full Paladin. <laughs> or you at least go part Sorcerer, because Paladin Sorcerer fucking broke. Um, yeah, that's me. That's fantastic. All right, third in the initiative order, we have Matt. Who is it that you're bringing to our table? <clears throat> Hang on, I gotta go back to pubescent voice, Matt. <sighs> Hi, I'm Maeve. Well, that's not my real name, but even I don't know that. My great, 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 great grandpa was some asthma person thing who had magic powers, but he was very nice and I think he hurt a lot of people. Anyway, I have magic powers too. I think that's why my actual parents left me with Miri and Anders. Anders was super gruff, but Miri was always super nice to me. She didn't think I looked funny. She said my horns made me special. She even gave me my best friend, Mr. Bear. I was so sad when I found out they weren't my real parents. Anders told me that I had another name and that I didn't belong to them. I was so sad. But I, I didn't mean to start the fire. I, I swear it wasn't my fault and nobody believes me. The bad man took me away and said I was in a lot of trouble, but I, I didn't do it on purpose. And I'll have to remember Mary and Anders as Mr. Bear. And if I'm not Maeve, then who am I? Scene. Damn. <laughs> I keep forgetting that, like, I'm not just listening to something that already exists and I have to talk to you guys because you I'm honestly kind of wrapped up in this. So Maeve, uh, Matt, why don't you tell us a bit about Maeve's build? What's the... So she is a uh, sorcerer, uh, a wild mage variant. Uh, she has a little bit of a uh, demonic uh, background. That's why I made her a tiefling. She has a bit of a fear of fire due to her uh, accidental lighting her family house. She tends to av try to avoid combat, but she'll try to support others to the best of her ability. Fair enough. Last up, we have Ryan. It's me, a cult. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a me. It's a me, a cult. I approve uh, this new character choice. <laughs> <laughs> I am cult. I have lived in the Badlands all my life. When I was a boy, I helped tend to my father's boat. I remember the scent of fresh fish as we would carry them to my mother. I had a good life. Like all things in the Badlands, it was not to last. My father grew ill, not of flesh, but of mind. Every day his anger grew, as did his lust for the drink. My life shattered the day he strangled my mother. He was regretful when his rage had subsided. It did not stop him from selling me to the temple. I hated him and the prison he sold me to. But it satiated my thirst for knowledge. 
I studied relentlessly, prayed for guidance, stole from the dark places I was told not to go. If I was to bring my mother back, I would need every dark secret, every whisper of power, every glimpse of arcana I could find. I found a ritual behind the leather binding of an old manuscript. If done, it would show me the truth of the universe. It required a living sacrifice to rend the fabric of the planes of their secrets. My father was an unwilling but fortuitous ritual component. I used my father's still living blood to draw the spell circle, and I slew him over it. I said the words of power, and the weave of reality split around me, and I saw into the vast oblivion. What I learned, what I saw, not only burned into my mind, but ravaged my body. Destroying my youth, I I burned down that temple. I burned down my village. I burned down that entire island. We are just meat on strings. Puppets. Living. Dead. In between. All the same strings. But now I will pull on them. And scene. Jesus fucking, fucking Christ. Nuts, dude. Wow. Holy, it took, holy hell. It took all of my willpower not to laugh when you said ravage my body. Ravage my body. Ravage my body. What's the build of cults? So Cult's a bit of a, he's a multi-class. Uh, so he's one, his first class was cleric, uh, knowledge domain, uh, as, you know, trying to symbolize his search for knowledge, and then abrupt switch into necromancer. So he's a bit mixed. It gives him some interesting abilities. Uh, I was given very poor stats, so I think it reflects kind of the crippling that happened to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only have one stat that has anything uh, above a, a one. <laughs> There's some negatives in there. <laughs> There's a lot of negatives. <laughs> Uh, so he, because of his unique build, it allows him to wear armor. Um, it gives him a lot of extra little, uh, the knowledge domain cleric gives him a lot of little buffs and, uh, toolbox type of, uh, spells. He also, uh, I mean, I'm human, so, but I took the variant human thing. So I took a feat and I gave myself Warcaster, um, just so he can, he can wield a weapon and a shield and still perform the somatic, uh, components of a spell. Um, but yeah, he's 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 a gnarly guy. He's not very nice. I believe his alignment is chaotic evil. <laughs> yeah, it's chaotic evil. He's not a nice man, um, and he really likes to burn things, which I think it puts him at odds with Maeve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just all right. Yeah. So those are the those are the characters that are going to populate uh, our dicey waters campaign and each um the the little bit of writing you just heard from each of them you're gonna get to hear a lot more later so that's uh that's hopefully kind of exciting for you uh so to get to like the housekeeping stuff uh dice populi we're a part of uh the common geeking program so the website for this is going to be commongeekingprogram.com slash dice populi for more info dice populi is going to release the first and third wednesdays of every month It'll be mostly bi-weekly, except for those months with the extra Wednesday. Um, But to try to get you guys 
into it a little faster and because we want you guys to enjoy this show as much as possible. The first arc, Escape from Farpoint, we're going to be putting those episodes out weekly. So you have this and episode one in the feed right now. Next week, you'll have episode two. We're going to finish Escape from Farpoint and a little piece of, uh, of interlude content before going bi-weekly for a regular show once Ryan begins his, uh, his little one-shot here in the Dicey Waters campaign. And if you guys enjoy the show, please share. Like, we're doing this for fun because we enjoy it and we we want to bring other people into the loop. I've even started, like, putting some PDFs together to see if, like, I can put the adventures into documents. But I don't, we don't really know what we're going to do with that just yet. But uh, if there's any interest, let us know. We can see what we can do. Um, but as far as production, the five of us are performing and writing and everything. But for editing, that's all Matt. Matt is going to be doing that. And I'll be doing music and sound design. You heard a little of that here. It'll be more cohesive in a proper episode, I promise that. So, yeah. These are the folks that are going to make up the show. Is it, uh, we've already got a few in the can. Uh, do you, uh, any of you guys have anything else you want to say or bring up before we before we wrap this prelude? Uh, I don't think so. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> if you don't, tell us why you don't. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's a big thing, I think. I, for when we do debriefing episodes between between one shots, I would love to uh I'd love to even talk with you guys about like what works and what doesn't cuz um I mean, it, there aren't a lot of games where it's all DMs. That's a pretty yeah. unique thing. I think that's going to so be we're fun. going to critique the hell out of each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm <like> also <laughs> just probably the dm who has the least knowledge on the rules so i ask a lot of questions oh oh i will challenge you very hard on that one i i haven't my regular campaign has not met regularly in a while so i i think i've slipped on most of the actual things i'm mostly leaning on ryan and josh to correct me well don't worry when everyone's a rules lawyer no one is (laughs) (laughs) well actually i looked on page 194 of the player handbook and i think it's it's different (laughs) all right cool so i think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up there just to give you a little taste of what's coming um i am colin ketchin i'll be the game master for dicey waters uh, the five of us are going to jointly operate a Twitter, Instagram handle, at Dice Populi. So hopefully that'll be fun. We'll each have our own stuff to put up there, and we'll post when new episodes release. Um, but yeah, if you want to find me online, I'm at K. Pat, do you want people to find you online too? Uh, if they feel like it, um, depending on where you try to find me, it's either Pure Riffery or Patty Ice Official. <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna uh, tell you which one is which. You just you just have to figure it out. It's a little bit of a clue. Roll insight, <laughs> Josh. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, how about you? Is there any any uh, sort of following you want to engage in? No. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Negative. I not active on social media. Mm. And 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 Ryan. I have a Twitter handle. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. You feel free to try and find me, you fucking suckers. But uh, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to get on my Twitter, uh, it's Ryan R Y A N underscore M O S S B, um, and then you should find me. I'll probably have like two other followers. <laughs> All right, get at uh, me. 
cool. Uh, so the the Common Geeking program page on Facebook is where we'll try to put out uh, the most frequent updates. And as big changes come, we'll put those on commongeekingprogram.com where you can find Dice Populi there. Thanks for taking a listen. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy the adventures. The first thing you notice is the smell. Sailing from the mainland in the stuffy lower decks of the of the galleon was a days-long test of your fortitude. A horrendous mix of tired bodies and unkempt facilities, you believed that this single sensory punishment was enough for your crimes, that banishment could do you no more harm than dwelling in the cesspool that has carried you to your fate. As you stir back to consciousness, your nostrils timidly take in the world around you. Fresh air signals that you have disembarked the galleon. On any other day, and in any other place, this would be liberating. But the fresh air signals something more spirit-breaking even than your withering journey. Your sentence to carry out your exile has begun. Your freedom dubiously reinstated in this lawless place. As your eyes finally open, the truth sets in. Your life has been left behind, and your doom has begun. Welcome to the Badlands. This miserable string of islands has served as the Crown Mage Lord's dumping ground for the criminals his kingdom cannot handle. Thieves and murderers of the highest degree, malpractitioners of the arcane arts, all roam this world freely. Survival is not guaranteed. Thriving is merely a myth. Left to your wits, you must carry out your sentence and navigate this tumultuous seascape. As you struggle to right your body upwards, your head knocks against a rusty bar, which you quickly realize is part of a metal cage. In a brief panic, you scan your surroundings. First, the grass brushing against you is unlike any crown prison you've observed, and the hills roll out from beneath you until they fade into the sea miles away. The bones of a torchlit shantytown surround you, with buildings and scaffolding resembling the hulls of old ships. Third. You are not alone in this cell. Three cohabitants are lost in the slumber from which you have just escaped, only to find yourself behind bars once again. Locke, what do you do? Um, I'm going to look around. Do I notice anybody else in the cell with me, or is it just me? Yes, you do. You notice, um, uh, according to what I uh, just read there, you have three other people uh, asleep in the cell, with you, it's a it's nighttime. Uh, the cage is barely lit by the torches uh, so that um, that uh, line the edge of the shanty town. So you can see in the torchlight three figures. Um, two of them, like pretty big, full size men. One a little smaller than than what you'd expect to see in a prison cell of the kind of person you'd expect to see. I would like to investigate the cell to see if there's. Like, am I in handcuffs or anything? Am I chained to... Uh, no, you are not bound. You do feel very weak from your journey. Um, pretty malnourished from the trip. Okay. I would like to investigate the cell to see if there's any sort of supplies or anything that I can use to yeah. make myself feel better, so... Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you go ahead, uh, roll investigation. I got an eight. 
plus one for my investigation, which brings me to a nine. Cool. That's a kind of a sad first <laughs> roll of the campaign, but let's see what we can do with it. So with a nine, uh, you as you sort of uh, try to push yourself to your feet, you're, you feel a little bit lightheaded. You try to blink the fog out of your eyes, and, and the world around you sort of like slowly clicks in, in, into focus. You manage to support yourself against the metal bars, all vertical bars in a square cage, and you f- uh, it's not a very large cage, uh, but you're able to sort of like across the the 15-foot wall of bars, move around and get a closer look at your at your cohabitants. So the first person that you move to in the right corner of the cage, or the corner of the cage to your right, uh, you see uh, you see a human mm-hmm. um, sitting there uh, in sort of tattered clothing and uh, sort of like a rugged appearance and is sort of snoring softly. Um, and you're able to determine that another uh, another man sits in the opposite corner. And the small figure, uh, as you get closer, is, is a small girl in sort of a long, flowing, almost like nightgown t-shirt, um, also worn from the journey, though. You don't recognize any of these people from your trip in. You also notice on top of the cage that the bars do not complete, that there is technically a gap in the cage, but that gap is covered by a massive boulder. Okay. That is what you see um, in your immediate vicinity. Anything beyond the bars of the cage, you're still sort of having trouble focusing on the world around you. Okay. Um, you're the only person awake. <laughs> Amazing Foley work. Is there a way that I can climb up the bars and touch the boulder at all? Or because they're all vertical bars, I can't really grab. He touched the butt. <laughs> <laughs> So the dimensions, the dimensions of the cage, it is uh, 15 foot by 15 foot. So that means that the boulder is pretty, it's like dead center. Yeah. So you'd have to like hang off of those bars to get in there. And it's eight feet high. Uh, do you know about how tall your character is? How tall Locke is? Mid six foot. Okay. So, I mean, it wouldn't be too hard for you to get up there, but given that you're pretty weary, if you want to make a ch- if you want to try to get up there, I can resolve that right. if you'd like. And but um, just to be clear, my character does not have any of his weapons or anything right now. That's correct. Yeah, starting equipment you don't have on your person. Okay. Um, I would like to, I guess, try to get to the top of the cage, suspend myself, and try to like push the boulder and feel how heavy it is. Okay. I'm gonna have you roll an acrobatics check, but it's gonna be at disadvantage because of your sort of sorry state. Okay. So, first roll is a 16. Okay. And then the second roll is a 14. So, 14 plus 3 acrobatics, 17. 17. You are able to uh, sort of grip the bars, and and you notice that they're not, like, in great shape. There's, like, these rusty segments that, like, scrape skin off your hand as you try to shimmy up the bars. And you dangle... Um, not too far off the ground, but uh, enough to be a little uncomfortable in your dizzy state. And you sort of inch your way across the bars on the top that sag downward where the boulder rests on them. And you touch the boulder, uh, you, you don't notice really anything special about it. You just, it's a big rock sitting on top of, well, the only visible escape from the cage. I would like to make a strength check to try to move it. Sure. Would you want me to do disadvantage again because I'm like... Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. So I got an 8 for the first roll and a crit fail for the second, so. Uh, you touch the rock and you die. The end, <laughs> no. So uh, with a critical fail, you actually, you reach up, to, you try, you're, you let go with one hand and you try to, to swing your arm up to hit the boulder and touch it. But as you do, you immediately lose your grip with the other hand as it cramps up and you slip and you fall to the ground with a thud. Um, roll a constitution saving throw for me. 
So I got a 7, and my save for Constitution is 4, so that's 11. So with an 11, when you hit the ground, you kind of let out a bit of a yelp. You just got punched in the gut, and you're just like, yeah, like the wind knocked out of me. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you, do you want to give me an idea of what that sounds like, maybe? <laughs> awesome. Uh, at this point, with that sound... Ryan, your character uh, begins to stir. You, so you you were snoring softly in the corner, and your eyes begin to flutter open uh, at the sound of that uh, <laughs> that uh, your cellmate just made. Uh, this stirs you back to uh, the the edge of consciousness. Uh, what do you do? I I look around. What do I see? I have to, I have to clarify because I'm extremely curious. Are is Cult saying this? Out loud. Oh, no, yeah, I guess. What do I see? Yeah, I'll, I'll look around. Do I, do I, do I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lock falls to the ground. Did and... you hurt your bottom? <laughs> uh, Colt, uh, you see the basically the same thing I described to, to Pat uh, as far as what Locke sees when he opens his eyes. Uh, you are probably not as off-put and not as in unhealthy a state just because uh, you did not arrive here by the same means that Locke did. So you sort of have your senses about you, but it takes you a bit to wake up. You groggily open your eyes, and you clearly can see. Do you have dark vision by any chance? Nope. Okay. So what you see is, like, flickering in the torchlight, you see someone sort of, like, groaning, rolling around in the middle of the of the cage. Uh, and then two other people on the uh, opposite end of the cage also sleeping in the corners. Who are you? What have you done to me? I ain't done shit to you. So edgy. What's going on? <laughs> I heard somebody hit the bottom. Yeah, that was me. You whinny like a girl. <laughs> Who are these other two roustabouts beside us? I ain't know nothing more than you do, brud. Wow, brud. <laughs> brud. I meant to say bud, but brud. whatever. No, what if, brud, is, brud, brud is like a pretty common atridian colloquialism a, coming back from hundreds of years. Gotcha. So it's, it's a bruh and bud, all in, all in one, brud. Obviously, it's in canon. I am not your brud. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then. I'll, uh, I, I guess I'll try and stand up. Is there enough room for me to stand up? Yeah, there is. It's uh, eight feet high. So when you stand up, you're able to sort of, like, fully extend all your appendages. Um, you can even reach out in between the bars. The bars are only about, like, six, seven inches apart. So you can, like, stick your arm out of them. Like, whatever you got to do to get comfy, you're good. You wouldn't want to touch them. Cal uses Mage Hand to try and stir the two others. And it's, like, mess with their faces. <laughs> yes. So as you... As you Right under the chin. You, you, you kitty scratched them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wakey, wakey. Who's doing that? Eggs and bakey. Uh, the DM says from the sky, who's Jesus Christ? Uh, my, my landlord. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I got a question. So we're just like stuck in this cell. Would I, just as me being from the Badlands, do I like get what's going on? Is this like, oh, just leave him out here to die? Are we waiting to be, like, arraigned or something? I'll have you roll a history check for me. Pretty good with history. Go ahead and roll Pretty good. Uh, it's cocked. Oh, it's even worse. I got an out one, so I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> cool. Off to a great start, man. Two crit fails already. <laughs> <laughs> you forget who you are. No, so with a one, you basically look around. You, you notice that when you stare out, uh, you stare out at the uh, at the moonlight reflecting off the ocean. That the ocean sort of like bounds off to the horizon without any islands. So you know you are at the edge of the Badlands. You really don't 
you're not able to sort of grasp anything else about your location. We are far from home. All right, which one of you rapscallions tickled my mustache? I'm just going to point, like, Locke is going to point at Colt. You better watch it, boy. I'll box your ears in. <laughs> I would like to see you try. I start limbering up in the corner. <laughs> so do we start killing each other or what? Um, I'm sorry, your character's first name again, Josh? Uh, Edmund. Edmund, okay, because I know, yeah, okay. So Edmund, um, I know that you also had sort of a bit of a different journey here, but given your circumstance, you uh, are also feeling a little malnourished. So you're able to stand up, but you sort of wobble as you do. So I got a quick question. Yes. So... What do I have as far so if, as, like, equipment? Do I have, am I wearing my clothes? Am I, like, naked? You, you guys have all your clothes. So anything that you were wearing when you departed is fine. But anything, like, tangible weapons or equipment that could be used to escape is gone. You know, trinkets in your pocket, like, that stuff so is usually there. I have, a, I have an important yes. question. Do I have my familiar with me still? Yeah, you can cast it. Well, I, can, I can dismiss it to its own plain if possible but do uh, we have our armor if that counts as clothing or uh yeah i would say if you were wearing armor you're still in armor i guess well this is worth exploring now uh, and this could be fun to do in character you all sort of came here in slightly different ways and i think that's going to inform whether or not you guys have uh clothing or armor so cult you might have armor on your person because uh you were not brought here by the empire but um Locke may have had his armor taken from him going through that arrest and arraignment process. Do do I have my teddy bear? Yeah, nobody would have taken that from you. Oh, thank God. My word, is that a child? Hi, mister. How you doing? So Maeve apparently snaps out of her slumber more easily than anybody and cheerily greets her. I kicked her. them both awake. Oh, you did, but like she's, she's like, groggy, she, she, yeah. she just had like eight cups of coffee. Yep, that's Maeve. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, go ahead. So Maeve, you 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 introduce yourself to Edmund. Hi, I'm Maeve. What are we doing here? Uh, well, that's a wonderful question, child. Uh, how did you get here? I, I may have gotten in some trouble. I, I didn't set the fire, though. It, it, it wasn't my fault. Oh, my, my <laughs> word. You didn't set the fire. We didn't set the fire. It, it just started burning. <laughs> okay. So there's no exit. It's just a stone on top of this cage. There's a giant boulder resting on top of the cage, which, um, like, as you all sort of, like, rouse yourselves to consciousness, I assume Locke may point it out to you if you don't catch it yourselves. We must move this boulder somehow. Ooh, I... Do we want to get out of here? Well, yes, that would be ideal. Ooh, yes, I want to get out of here. Okay. Um, I cast uh, Enlarge Reduce on the boulder and shrink it down. Okay. Um... Just the right size to kill us all. <laughs> <laughs> Rocks fall, you die. So when you reduce the size of a thing, does it reduce the mass of a thing? It uh, cuts the size in half, and the weight is reduced to one-eighth of normal. One-eighth of normal. Okay, cool. You cast this spell, and you don't really give anybody <laughs> anybody a heads up. You just say, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and the issue here is that Locke is still standing in the middle. So you managed to cast, uh, you cast on the boulder, and the boulder shrinks in size before anybody really knows what's going on. It's still a pretty heavy rock. So when it falls, uh, Locke, I'm going to have you make a dexterity saving throw. (laughs) Is that your boulder? That's a nice boulder. (laughs) Crit fail. Jesus fucking Christ. Wow, crit fail. All right. So basically, the um, it smashes your head in. This is our podcast. Cult, uh, you have your faculties a little bit more 
they're a little bit sharper, so I want you to also roll a dexterity saving throw because you're closer to Locke than anybody. All right, I don't got good dexterity, so be ready to die. Uh, <laughs> I would hope that it wouldn't outright kill me. So uh, <laughs> It's falling two it. feet. No, it's falling eight feet. Uh, Count rolled a three. <laughs> a three? Okay. <laughs> that is a two plus one. So Colt sees this all happen, but is not dexterous enough to do anything about it. As the, uh, I would say that, um, Locke, you try to sort of skirt yourself out of the way, and the boulder still weighs at this point ugh, like 100, 200 pounds. So it is going to land on your foot, and I'm actually going to have you take. Oops. Oops, sorry, mister. You take six bludgeoning damage as this boulder, reduced in size, lands on your foot, and you hear the crunching of some of the bones in the tip of your foot. Um, making it even harder to stand, perhaps impossible if you don't get that sorted. Uh, but yeah, six points of bludgeoning damage. Go ahead and mark Oy, that. Yay, yay, yay! Well done, child. Well done. So uh, we need to get out of here because that won't stay small forever. Oh, <laughs> I ain't gonna be walking right now. Uh, you, you scaly one, can you can you carry the weird uh, Brooklyn one? <laughs> <laughs> I think he is the scaly one. The scaly one is the Brooklyn one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot who the dragonborn was. I am the dragonborn. <laughs> I, I get real super close into your face, a lock, and I like get over to your ear and I. And I'm going to use healing word on you. <laughs> oh. I'm going to whisper something what real is... creepy in here, but I'm just going to roll it first. Uh, you get. Uh, four hit points back. Uh, three nice. plus one. Um, so I'll say you, you can restore those hit points, but I'm still probably going to treat your foot as being injured, so that may come into play if we're talking stuff like mobility. I may, may reduce speed or, or give you disadvantage or higher, uh, uh, higher uh, DCs on, on certain checks. So, But the, the boulder has fallen with a very loud thud as it like sinks into the dirt as soon as it hits the ground and there is now probably about a three foot in diameter hole in between the ends of the bars right above you Uh, again the top of the chamber of the cage is about eight feet above your heads uh the rock at half its size is maybe about a foot and a half foot tall off the ground which gives you a tiny bit of a boost so the creepy thing i say to your ears i give you some life know that i may one day take it back Jesus Christ. Uh, I have a question. How long does the boulder stay small? One minute. I have an idea. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wait, hold on. We, how does this work in character? I'm going to scoot over to the small child and uh, pick her up and stand on top of the boulder. Ooh, thanks, mister. Now, now hold on tight, child. This is going to be uh, a bumpy ride. <laughs> so I, I want to ask, because uh, you guys are making, I, I, I presume, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are expecting the rock to rapidly expand and catapult her out? <laughs> no, the both of us. <laughs> the, oh, the both of you. Wonderful. So uh, I want to ask, in in fiction, how do you know this? Well, she said the boulder was going to go back to its normal size. I assume it'll get but tall I, enough I to climb out. Out of out of character, but... So, so, uh, so this is a good question. Matt, your character Maeve, how aware is she of the limits of her power? Does she know the rock is going to expand like this oh, again? Oh, she knows. She's like, you know, she's, she's a kid, but she... she oh, she's yeah. sharp. 
she's sharp, but she knows that like she can't like concentrate forever on it. So she she's sweating. Okay. <laughs> uh, holding her teddy bear in one hand and holding Edmund's hand in the other, the two of you stand on top of the shrunken boulder, mere seconds away from the point where you expect it to expand and uh, and sort of launch you out of this cage. Um, as you do, uh, also, I would... Right. We're not just going to stick around. Well, I mean, do all of you want to get on top of the rock? Yeah, I'll, uh... If I if can. I, yeah. If I notice him wobbling, I'll, uh, I'll whisper something more creepy, and I will use guidance on him. He has a D4 for an ability check. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you, if you want to go for it, you can go for it. Um, uh, crawling up the, the rock is very small at this point. It wouldn't be... You guys can just get on top of it. There's no check for that. Is my foot, like, pinned underneath the boulder, though, or...? No, I think you were able to sort of get it out. You did move out of the way, but with the crit fail, I had you take some damage, that's all. So you're out from under it, but your foot's just in bad shape. I guess I'll try to hobble onto it. <laughs> so, so all of you are, like, basically, like, huddling on top of this tiny little boulder, waiting for it to launch you. Um, I want everyone to make a perception check for me. Okay. Natural 20. Okay. Cool. 8 plus 2 uh, is a 10. Is... Uh, 3 plus fucking 3. That's Total six. of 23, but nat 20. I'm on like ass right now. I have a, I have a 12 plus 1, 13. So, at this point, you are all standing on top of the boulder, and most of you are concentrated with a... Uh, Oh, God, what is this going to feel like? How is it going to expand? Is it going to, like, shatter my leg? Is it just going to throw me up? But, Cult, you, uh, with your basically keen sense of sound, you hear some some rapid but sort of light boom, boom, right outside the cage. And as you turn around, you see a very, very tall, giant person moving towards the cage with a club in one hand and a boulder under the other arm. Now, the rock begins to expand, and you all feel yourself in an instant being launched straight upward. (laughs) And as this happens, the giant is trying to lower a new similarly sized and shaped boulder on top of the cage to reseal you in here. Now, I'm going to have each of you roll a dexterity saving throw. Um, Locke is going to roll with disadvantage. Does uh, guidance apply to my saving throw? Oh, no. Guidance, once you use it once, it's gone. Oh, never mind. I got a nat one, by the way. So. That is Oof. an 18 for me. 15 plus 3. I got a 10 plus 3, 13. Uh, 15 plus 4, 19. <laughs> All right. So I rolled for the giant, and uh, I rolled a, a natural one. So the way this shakes out is... You guys all uh, basically fling yourselves upward, uh, your arms going right in between the sharp edges of the bars, and your feet uh, just barely eclipsing the top of the cage. As the giant tries to lower the boulder, he sort of loses his footing, and the boulder uh, base goes straight over the edge of the cage with an enormously loud thud, so much louder than the one that fell into the middle of the cage, bounces off the ground and rolls off of the edge of what you now realize is a cliff and soundlessly disappears into the waves many, many, many feet below. And the giant sort of like tries to scramble back up to his feet in a slow nature, but you are now all standing on top of the metal cage. Um, cast Ray of Sickness on it. You, okay, so you cast <laughs> Ray of level. Sickness. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and detail the effects of that for All me? right, so it is, I roll for an attack, um, and then if I hit, and he takes 3d8 damage, and then he has to roll a con save or he's poisoned. Okay, cool. So you cast that. Uh, why don't you go ahead and roll your attack? Uh, so 18. Uh, 18. I'm going to say that that... I uh, got over here. Yep, that hits. Um, so I have to make a con save? Well, yeah. I mean, you take the damage, but... 
Okay. The, for the con save is if you're poisoned for next round. Poisoned, you have disadvantage on pretty much everything. Okay. Uh, oh, hold on. Fucking thing. I lost my Apple Pencil. Where'd I put it? No. Product placement. Oh, Apple Pencil. So fancy. Take 16 points. I am so fancy. Take 16. Hashtag not sponsored. You take 16. Hashtag corporate shill. <laughs> He takes 16 points of poison damage, and uh, he needs to make a con save of 13. 16. Wow, holy shit. What was the DC again? 13. <laughs> Another critical fail. Hey, yeah, holy he's, shit. He's poison until the, the beginning of my next turn. So he has disadvantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and... I, I All right, so I'll keep, the, I'll keep that in mind for time's sake, with the turn being, what, six seconds? Uh, except that we are not in combat as of yet. I know that you've just launched an attack, but we haven't entered initiative. So the, uh, the, the, the giant, uh, getting up from the ground, uh, basically is, is bombarded by the spell that you, like, effortlessly, effortlessly cast against him. And he sort of starts to just, like, like cough and wheeze as, like, he's, like, brushing the dust out of his face. He's like... You weren't supposed to get out. Go back in. Go back in. And you were supposed to die. Why, what did I do to you? You keep me in a cage. I don't keep you anywhere. I work for the Far Lord. I do what he says. He keeps you there. I just need to go. He's not gonna like this. He's not gonna like that you're out. He won't. He won't. He won't. One death for another. Can he can gonna, he help us at if, all? If I can again, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh I mean if you guys want to intercede, my character would want to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> hey mister, do you want to be friends? Who are, who are you, you lovely little lady? I'm Maeve. I kinda put my arm in front of Maeve like uh hmm stand back. I don't I don't want to hurt you. I just want you to go back in. Go back in please. But why? What's gonna happen? Belle gets in trouble. Bell doesn't like when he gets in trouble. Can we help you not get in trouble? I don't know. Go back in and I'll be safe. And you'll be safe too. You must choose trouble or death. I don't want to choose. I don't want to choose. I never want to choose. I'm going to raise sickness if I can. Hope I would. <laughs> okay. Uh, does a 16 hit? 11 plus 5. Uh, yes, the 16 hits. Another 12 damage. 12 more, okay. Uh, next another con save. Um, I, uh, 17 plus... Yeah, so yeah, he's it. Yeah, 17 makes it. Okay. So, uh, having taken another damage, he basically, at this point, as he was, like, sort of whimpering in fear, he, he pushes himself up, uses his club to stand up on his two feet right as you cast the spell once again, uh, causing him to, to sort of fall back, uh, fall back right on his butt and he's like, uh, to him it's quickly, but because he's so big, it's like, it's almost like he's moving in slow motion. He sort of starts to like scurry back um, to what you see is in between all these different cages, and there's there's a number of them. You see that there is a um, that there's a fence around this area, and in that center of the fence is basically like a small overturned boat, and he seems to be like sort of scurrying back into into that little wooden shelter. And that's that's what he's doing as he's sort of like whimpering like, I don't want trouble and I don't want death. I just want to be left alone. And he sort of starts to move right back. Uh, moving in that direction. What do you guys do? Hey, mister, where are we? Um, he completely ignores when, you. When we look around, are there other people trapped in these cages? I'm going to have you make a perception check. Yeah. Uh, 14 plus 2, 16. So you look over the other cages. Now, in this area, 
there are five different cages, all sort of arranged in an arc. Yours is the closest to the cliff edge, the others sort of curve in in the arc to get it slightly further inland on the edge of this precipice. In the middle cage, you do see a sort of sullen figure sitting there. There is some movement, so you presume that it is like a living creature of some sort. Other than that, every other thing you see in a cage is sort of slumped over and motionless, and I'd say probably in each cage, there's at least one thing up against a wall like that. Um, I'm gonna try to get down off the top of this cage to some solid footing. Sure. I, I say you do that pretty handily. Are you still carrying me? Uh, no, I, I suppose I'd set you to the side. Okay. I guess I'll uh, kind of crawl down. If you want to jump down, I will catch you. <laughs> oh, thanks, mister. I'll hop down as well, and I'll, like, take an eye in the direction of where the... You said he was a giant? Uh, he is He is of giant stature. Okay, That's yeah, all you can I, tell I'll, so like, eye where he's going and see... I'll, like, watch him as he leaves. So, uh, when you look over the area, you notice that, like, in between all these cages and then the fence with the, with the wooden shelter in it, it is a small open grassland. It's not huge, but it's just, like, a little open field with these cages plucked on it each one having a boulder stacked on top of it right on right, right on the top just like it was on yours um and the sort of semicircle that the cages form all point directly toward the the wooden shelter that the that the large fellow has just scurried off into and are there any other shelters around or is it just like this overturned boat cages and that's it so this is where it comes to the description of the shanty town and you don't have a great view of this so when you look at the when you look through the fence uh, the fence is, is is pretty high. Like, we're talking, like, about 20 feet high, made of, like, jagged, barbed edges to, to, to metal poles and, and like, sh- like sharply cutting wire uh, running across it in no really cohesive pattern. Beyond that, you see the shantytown, which is just, like, you see piles of scrap. Again, boat hulls and, and ship masts and sails used for, for curtains and canopies. There's basically a small settlement here, and you are fenced into this area with the cages. Seems like we're in a squatter's town, filled with filth. Well, that seems like a rather rash judgment, but, uh, yes, no, I would agree. It's not the nicest place I've seen. Do we have to stay here forever? Well, I, I ain't staying here for one more minute if I ain't got to. I would like to point out that Locke is the only one still on top of the cage. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck we're doing. You know, despite all of your rage. Don't you dare finish that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> copyright. Copyright. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the first episode proper of Dice Populi, a tabletop role-playing anthology series. That's a mouthful. I'll do better next time. Um, (laughs) Thank you, really, so much for listening to our show, Dice Populi. We are very excited to be playing this game together and to be sharing it with you. Um, For anybody who listened to our 30-minute introductory episode uh, this little breakaway is going to be mostly recapping that. But for those that haven't and just decided to jump right in, uh, my name is Colin. I am dungeon mastering this little adventure, which is Escape from Farpoint. It's only going to run a couple of episodes, uh, and it is the first chapter in our campaign, which we are calling Dicey Waters. Uh, Dicey Waters is set in the Badlands. Our fellas are on these islands here. As you've most certainly guessed by the cliffs and the rocks and the waves and, and, and all that and all that sort of talk. The 
The story itself is written by me, but once we're done with this adventure, we switch gears and another person on this show will DM. That's going to be Ryan, and he'll be running his own story that he wrote. And every cast member you're listening to is going to run their own adventure inside the Dicey Waters campaign. My job is to sort of pull it all together and make it one big cohesive show. We're very excited, and what we're going to be doing is for this first month, we're going to be releasing weekly to give you a new episode every Wednesday. We have two out today, the intro and this, and then we're going to have uh, one next week, the week after, the week after. Uh, But come September, we are going to go bi-weekly, as is pretty common with real play shows like this. Um, The logistics of this, it does take a very long time to produce, and in reality, only two of us really do the production side of it. So... Uh, Starting September, it's going to be the first and third Wednesdays of every month that we put out new episodes, and the best way to stay in touch with that is to subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcatcher you use. Um, We would love it if you enjoy the show, if you took the the opportunity to share it with with, with friends, uh, share it online. Um, We are reachable because we are part of the Common Geeking Program at the Common Geeking Program Facebook group. We also have a handle on Twitter and Instagram that the five of us run collaboratively. That is at Dice Populi. And you can find our website, uh, which is commongeekingprogram.com slash Dice Populi. I got to come up with shorter names for things. Jesus. Um, The we're very, very, very happy with how this show is turning out. And we're having so much fun making it. If you have uh, we have a ton of ideas for for things to do in the future. Um, we, uh, I've been thinking of putting together PDFs of all the adventures we run, but uh, that is a lot of carts in front of this one, one tiny horse. Uh, so just for now, if you enjoy it, let us know, review, share, uh, keep listening and we'll have, we'll always try to put out more content for you. You can also check out a couple other shows. This is the third show that we produce, uh, under common geeking program. But uh, credit where credit is due, Ryan Mossbarger wrote a tremendous amount of lore for this world, and it was is fantastically helpful. Um, Matt Canavan uh, slices and dices these episodes, editing them into something coherent, so you don't hear all the all the technical difficulties. And uh, my job, aside from stitching all the adventures together, is to write the music and sort of polish the episode and put it out for for your listening pleasure. Um, that's about it. I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're not going to have these little breakaways every episode, only when I think we have something important to say. So I'm going to let you get back to the story. I hope that we uh, see you again next week. But for now, enjoy the adventure. Halt is looking around. Maeve and Edmund uh, have both jumped down. Uh, Maeve, are you trying to stay close to Edmund? Edmund, are you keeping Maeve close? What's uh, what's your like? Yeah, I think so. He's uh, he's keeping me safe for now. Yeah, my my natural reaction is to try to protect the child surrounded in this giant wasteland. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, Locke, do you have any specific actions you want to take? You sort of been uh, uh, keeping a low profile since you popped out of the cage. I want to. Go to said shack and figure out what's going on, but I am worried that if I try to jump down, I'm just going to fuck up my foot again. Well, if you jump down, uh, you can certainly try, or tell me however you'd like to get down. Can I see this hesitation in him? 
that as Locke, are you like visibly like sort of dipping your toe in the pool, sort of like, oh, I don't want to. Hey, Mister, are you a scaredy cat? I'm more just like looking down. I ain't no scaredy cat. Don't worry, if you jump, I will catch you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna jump specifically in the opposite direction as everybody else. And so he goes off can the cliff. Catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that where the cliff is? I could potentially, I guess, but I, Death I didn't before mean, like, embarrassment. <laughs> behind, I meant like to the side, just so he can't catch me. I don't need anyone. As a pride thing. Yeah. So you, so you, uh, hubristically slip down the other side. I'm gonna say that you sort of gently let yourself down. I'll have you just roll a deck save for me. Nat twenty, baby. With that 20, you dismount with a perfect double backflip McTwists. No. Uh, so you basically slip down and you land on your good foot and you don't really take any damage. You don't feel any pain. You just sort of brush it off and look uh, with kind of like a told-you-so expression at the folks around you. Told you so I you need no Good. You made it down a small landing. Would you like a round of applause? Let's come and slay this simpleton and burn down this village. <laughs> Cult is not winning any points with Locke, just to be clear. <laughs> he's not He's not trying to hurt us. Like, we, we could help him. Yes, he seems rather simple, in fact. The guy's just doing his job, you his know? His job like... was to imprison us. Like, they feel it was more just to move rocks. One <laughs> 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 boy did just move a rock. Or two. Who knows? Let's say we figure out who's actually making him do this shit, and we teach them a lesson. I say we burn the lot. I just want to get out of here. Same. Yeah, please, there are children around, if you could avoid Call the starts laughing. of burning people. <laughs> There is no out of here. <laughs> All right, so, well, well, here, here's something that I see happening here. I see both Locke and Colt want to go to the overturned boat to deal with this giant further. But no, no, you no, seem no, to have no. different ways of... No, 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 here, let, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys want to do it differently. Colt, you want to hurt him, and uh, Locke, you want to... Talk to him. Figure out what's going on. I guess. I more so just want to figure out who's going to make him get in trouble and then just go kill that person. Okay. I wish to talk to him with not just words. (laughs) (laughs) I believe he may be our best bet of getting out of here. So uh, I would like to, yeah, persuade Cult if I could. Cool. Um, I would like to avoid interpersonal contests if I can. If it comes down to it, I'll have you roll a contest of um, of charisma and persuasion. But if we can f- sort it out in role play, I think that would be more interesting. Okay. All right. Stay close, uh, child, and uh, let's see if we can talk to the big simple man. Okay. I will stay my hand for a time, but the simpleton is on notice. <laughs> and the narrator notices that cult plays along. So... <laughs> Uh, so uh, how many? So are you all moving toward this particular area? Yeah. Sorry. What What did he say his name was again? Um, you recall that he was saying Bell over and over again. That seemed so, to be the only name. Simpleton was his name. The uh, Bell and Farlord were the two like proper nouns he seemed to spout. Future Tombstone was his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Bell, uh, we're so sorry for for the occurrence earlier. Would Would you come out and speak with us, please? And then uh, you hear you hear some some shuffling, and uh, you, you see his sort of shadowy figure move in the dark overhang of the wooden of the wooden hull, and you hear sort of murmuring out from there. 
I just don't want trouble. I don't want trouble. Oh, you're not in trouble, dear boy. Come, 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 come. Um, I'm going to have you roll persuasion. Persuasion is a nine plus a five, 14. Uh, with a 14, he he looks out and he sees you, but then he also sees the sort of menacing visage of cult uh, standing next to him and says, like, you hurt me. That's trouble. I don't want to be hurt anymore. Oh, he was just scared of you, dear boy. You're so large. Don't worry. <laughs> um, Maeve, ex- Maeve extends a hand out to him and it's like, okay, on, mister. Uh, coupling that with Josh's role, Bell's hand sort of extends out and he says, he says to you, Bell just wants friends. Bell just wants to be happy. And he like is sort of whimpering as he extends his hand out and as his hand enter the, enters the moonlight, you start to see how big he actually is. And standing over, easily over 12 feet tall, uh, with like sort of like ashen skin, nearly white, um, his long gangly fingers uh, reach out to you, Maeve, and when you reach your small child hand out to his, it barely covers the tip of one of his fingers. Uh, but he has extended his hand to you in goodwill. Mister, how'd you get here? Um, he, uh, Bell looks down at you and he says, Bell works for the Far Lord. Bell's been here a long time. Okay, well, how did we get here? I saw ships, I saw boats, I saw bags. I see so many people come and go. Did you come on a boat? Bell hasn't been on a boat in, in many, many years. I miss the ocean. My my character would like to lean close to whoever is I'm sitting next to or standing next to and just be like, this guy fits on a boat? <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Roll <laughs> plus <laughs> jokes. No, so uh, as you say all this, um, Bell starts to smile as he revisits the thoughts of the, uh, of the ocean. Uh, and he sort of like gets sidetracked now thinking of those thoughts uh, and sort of loses his trail of answering you. After saying Far Lord, he just starts talking about no, boats. No, Bell, Bell, uh, oh, over here, over here. Uh, <laughs> no, this, this, uh, this Far Lord you speak of, is, is he a nice man? Is he nice to you? Um, uh, Bell, like, he, he, his mouth kind of like, like, gloms open and close a few times as he thinks of what to say. And as he's doing that, you can, you, you start to notice, you've heard it ambiently now, but... He comes into focus that there's sounds of clashes coming in from the from the heart of the town, which you can't see, and the the the, the, the clanging and the shouting uh, has just like seemed sort of like background noise with the breeze of the ocean. But now you hear on top of it, "Yes, fight for me!" in the background, and 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 and, and Bell winces, and he's like, "He doesn't sound nice, does he?" Uh, well, no, I suppose not. <laughs> so, uh, Bell. Hmm, where do these boats exactly uh, come in? You, you, you catch my drift? <laughs> Get it? Drift. Oh, good lord. <laughs> uh, and Bell starts to shrug, and you all hear, um, you all hear a voice uh, much more low and sharp than, than what you've been hearing out of Bell. And, and coming from behind you, somebody says, Come on, do you really think he knows where the boats are coming from? Uh, Listen to him. Colin, you're in this game? <laughs> All right, that one. Cast Ray of Sickness on that one. <laughs> Ray of Sickness level nine. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's your standard greeting. Just spin around and be like, "Who are you?" So, and and the uh, the the figure that. Uh, the figure that Edmund had noticed in the middle cage doesn't really move from their place. 
you can see that there's sort of like long stringy hair dangling over some arms as the as the moonlight pierces through the clouds. The the moonlight fades away again as the face lifts up to you and you see two glinting eyes, and um, and and the voice says to you once again, "Well, does it really matter who I am? It matters that I'm here too, doesn't it? Doesn't seem like." This simpleton is going to be able to get you guys to a boat. Well, I mean, he's not in a cage, so he has a better shot than you, I suppose. And if we don't know who you are, how do we know you can get us to a boat? Yeah, so they don't laugh. Uh, 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 an amused smile goes across their face, though, as they slowly start to like push themselves up and, and, and weirdly skulk to the front of the cage pretty briskly until their hands are on the bars. And then they say to you... Well, I guess that's a pretty good point, but, um, well, I guess you don't know, you don't know why I'm here, if I could even get out, making a lot of assumptions, don't you think? I do not like the way this man speaks to us. I do not like the way this man says I told the dead on him. (laughs) (laughs) Make a wisdom, uh, make a wisdom saving throw. I don't want to say the modifier, so I'm not going to say what it is, but it, it does pass. It comes out to, uh, it comes out just above that, so he succeeds the throw. The same. Okay. Nothing happens. Yep. So, so uh, basically, you you try. Was this like a somatic spell, or did you have to? Did you have to say anything? Uh, it's a verbal and somatic. I'd have to do some with my hands. Okay. So a- after after your gest- gesturing continues, he said, "Well, it seems like it's going to be a waste of time." I'm sorry. I'm being cryptic. I guess I get that way when I meet new people. You can call me Bait. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah. I swear that's nothing apocryphal. First name Master, last name Bait. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could be rather handy. You may call me Jerk Off. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I just, we're cutting that out in post. No, that's staying in. That's gonna be the. That's the trailer right there. Fuck. So, um, so Bait, uh, let's go. Let's go of the um, <laughs> let's go of the bars and sort of straightens out their back, and you can see they're they're sort of a, a pretty skinny person. Uh, you can't really make out any specific features, but they are they are swimming in the robes that they wear, and they say, "Well, uh, I guess there's there's no two ways about it. I yes, I'm in trouble here too, but I can tell you, I've had plenty of lovely chats with Bell, and tragic family history aside, he's not going to tell you anything interesting about this place." But I suppose you're a step further than I am, being out of your cages. Maybe he could be of more use to you. How long have you been here, mister? Oh, well, my sweet darling, I'm afraid that longer than I can count. Can you not count that high? Uh, they grimace at you and, uh, and, and look back up to everybody else. It's like, wow, you guys are all a bit of a feisty crowd, aren't you? Hmm, I was kind of hoping for a little more peaceable interaction amongst my first Speak visitors. Speak your peace and be silent. All right, my peace is that I want out of here, too. That Far Lord has something that I want. And if you can get me out of here, you can help me get it. I can get you off of Farpoint. And at that point, when he says Farpoint, he, like, wiggles his eyebrows knowingly. Um, you all sort of get that he knows where we are in calling this place Farpoint. So this so is definitely just that. Colin in this game. We should kill him. We should kill him <laughs> immediately. He can't keep on dodging all of our attacks. We should murder him and wear, and wear his skin as a suit. I don't understand why is we're... Is there anyone else in the cage with him? There is not. And every other cage seems to have multiple people in it? 
Uh, every other cage has uh, has at least somebody in it, uh, but nobody is moving. Can I go around to look at these other cages and make sure that those people are either asleep or yeah. dead? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna walk with uh, Edmund just because he seems to be kind of a protector. Stay close and uh, don't put your hands anywhere near the bars. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna eye. I'm gonna eye Bell. Is does he look like? Is he a like giant of some kind, or is he just like a really big? At this dunk? point, now that you now that you got a cl- clear glimpse of him in the moonlight, yes, he is very clearly um, a giant. If you want to know more, I'll have you roll for it. Okay, I'll roll. What would it be? Um, at this point, I would probably say nature. Ooh, I'm not. I guess I'm all right. At, uh, it's, it's nine total. Four plus five. So um, basically, in the dim light, with the with the uh, ashen tone of his skin, you can tell that he hails from at least some sort of highland, some sort of hilly area. But beyond that, it is it is too dark for you to gain anything else based on your knowledge of the of the surrounding islands. Um, so going back to Edmund and Maeve, uh, the two of them walking hand in hand, go around uh, inspecting the people dwelling in the other cages. Nobody is moving, and upon closer inspection, nobody is breathing. So you sort of gather that everybody else stuck in here is most likely dead. Why aren't they moving? Uh, well, uh, you see, uh, when when someone has not had enough food or what, and I kind of awkwardly try to skirt the subject of death with a child, uh, well, well, let's, let's ask this gentleman. Uh, excuse me, uh, dangly sir in the cage. I, I'm sorry, I don't recall your name. <laughs> it's, uh, it's bait. Nope. Jerkoff. <laughs> Why does everyone call me Jerkoff? I don't understand. Uh, I'm sorry, Bait. Uh, what happened to these uh, these less fortunate souls? What happens to anybody when you're not given food or water for days at a time? You go really, really hungry. Would it be fair to say that you, having been here for quite some time, are really, really hungry? I mean, it'd be safe to say I'm pretty much always hungry. An insatiable appetite is just uh, runs in my family. But yes, I could definitely do with something to eat before I collapse. So now, if they all died from malnutrition, why are you still here? Everybody seems to be around at different tenures. You really think that I'm the first person to be placed here in this dump? No, but you're the, uh, so far the oldest person we have found here. Uh, oldest resident, with the exception of uh, the lovely Belle. Wow, that's quite a way to introduce to uh, way to introduce yourself to someone. Call them old and gangly. Wow, you guys are just winning on manners across the board. Now, I'll tell you what. If you let me out of here, I'll be a little more eager to cooperate. Uh, but I'm getting a little antsy now that my only prospect of escape is just sitting here and insulting me. I would. I, th- I think the boy has a, has a spat of disagreement with us. Well, uh, I suppose it would uh, only behoove us to have more hands. Uh, does anybody oppose to trying to release the, the feather with the, with the long spindly hair? I'll <sighs> saunter over, I suppose, and See how they get along if they do, if they seem like they need... Hey, mister, are you going to help us get off the island? Well, if you can help me get out of this cage, I need to make a little pit stop, get something from a friend of mine, and I'll be more than happy to take you anywhere you would like to go in these lands. Can I roll insight on this motherfucker? You see, yeah. I thought you said that the Far Lord yep. had what you wanted, and if he's your friend... Why are you in this here cage? So, uh, at this point, uh, and I, I hope this resolves your, your request for an insight check as well. Um, Bait looks up to the two of you and he says, like, Hey, listen, it's a little girl. I'm trying not to make it sound all scary, doom and gloom and such. Of course he's not my friend, but I gotta get out of here. Spare her not the gruesome details. Many worse stories are to come. 
Okay then, little girl. Well, let me tell you, I hate Farlord Barclock. He is my worst enemy. He runs this cesspool of an island and takes all the repository... Uh, and he takes all the reposited filth and, and, and grime from the remnants of the Atridian Empire, and he basically runs, I would call this sort of a slave barge of an island, and if I don't get out of here with what I came for, I'm going to end up dead in this cage just like everybody else. So if you could convince your friends to play nice, I would love to help you out, but I must say, I am a little bit stretched thin. Can use a wafer or something to hold me over, but I am not here to fight you. We could kill the giant and sup upon its flesh. Well, now, okay, I'm, hold on. I'm not about that one. There, uh, Bait sort of like shrugs at that suggestion. I sense a softness in you all. All right. Do you not know where you are? I will help get you out of here. It's like, all right, wonderful. Now we're making some progress. I'm sorry, guys. When I'm low blood sugar, I tend to get a little... And he shakes his hands. All right, listen. Now, I, I saw that you, you managed to do something pretty creative here with your boulder. Why don't you just hit mine with... Oh. Why don't you just hit mine with it? Let's get it going. Let's get it moving. I'll step out of the way so I don't end up oh, like your friend uh, here. I I don't know. I I'm kind of nervous. I agree with the young girl. Uh, well, what well, well, what is making you nervous? How can I set you at ease? How can I help? Well, you, you willing to murder a man and be locked in this cage in order to get some item from him? But we don't even know what this item is. And he's he, he uh, upon exhaling sharply, he looks up and he um and he sort of like gazes past you all and looks at Bell and he's like. I feel like I was having more wholesome conversations with you. Stop winking at the camera. Um. <laughs> so you said your name was Jim Halpert? <laughs> Roll for pranks. Perhaps the simpleton could be of assistance. Wouldn't have to waste your magics, young one. Um, d- do you go over and solicit Bell? I wouldn't. Cult wouldn't, but he would offer that as an idea. Okay. He's still on the, like, we should murder and maybe eat Bell. Okay, train. that's fair. Um, ex- excuse you. <laughs> hey, hey, um, Mr. Bell, can, can, you, can you take the rock off his cage? Uh, Bell sort of crawls out on, a, on, a, on all fours, and he, uh, and even on all fours, he's still much taller than all of you. And he says, Bell's already in trouble. If I let out the strange man, I feel like it will get worse. Oh, come now, Belle. That's that's not the attitude to have. You must look on the bright side. No, no. Say Belle. That's a lovely name. Where, where did you get it? My parents, I think. It has a lovely ring to it. <laughs> and he kind of like sighs. <laughs> that was a very good pun. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, look, if you help us out, maybe we can help you out. You don't seem to enjoy yourself here too much. You'll be happy if the boss likes you. But I don't think the boss likes me. Well, then I think it is time for a change of occupation, dear boy. All right, and at this point, Bell uh, starts to get a bit more of a smile, and he pushes himself up. He's still sort of, like, hunkering over um, as uh, as he gets to his feet, but he is a little more open body language, like he's sort of relaxed a bit as you start to say these things. You're clearly having a positive effect on his disposition. Well, that's a spirit, Brave old chap. <laughs> you want me to move the rock? I, I think that would behoove everyone. Don't you folks agree? Uh-huh. Yes, that's right, Bell. Look, everyone is in agreement. We're all happy. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, <laughs> yes, I think you have a weird read on the room, but okay. No, and he um he he moves over 
he moves over to the cage and Bate sort of looks up at Bell and he's like, see, you and I always got along, didn't we? I'm very, very grateful that it's come to this, isn't it, isn't it, Bell, old pal? And Bell just sort of ignores him, doesn't really pay Bate any attention. And he just with one hand sort of like, with a lot of force exerted, slides the rock off the back, and there's a loud, another loud thud on the ground, and it's like clang as it bangs against the, um, as it bangs against the metal bars on the back of the cage. And, um, Bate, like, very nimbly sort of, like, like, jumps up, pulls himself up, like, parkour style. He, he, he very gracefully, like, slides his legs in between the bars and is now perched atop a single bar tightrope style before, uh, quickly dismounting and silently landing with both pads of his feet, uh, his bare feet on the ground and moves through the grass toward all of you. <laughs> well, this is, a this is a, this is a happier turn than I think I was expecting tonight. You all are my Heroes. Uh, you dick, or is this just how he talks? You, you could roll insight. I'll roll insight. Not that I'm a very insightful person. Is your mother Shelob? <laughs> plus zero. Hey, it's <laughs> a natural sixteen. Sixteen plus zero. Cool. Sixteen plus zero. Um, at this, uh, you you get that Bates just sort of a weird dude. It's not like you have a read on everything, but. He's not really being facetious at the moment. Oh, okay, I thought he was just being a sarcastic little bitch. <laughs> no, no, he's just a weird dude. Yeah, I'm going to make sure to put distance, like kind of position myself between him and the small child. Now, uh, upon him getting out, you, you do notice that there's been a little bit of a change in the sounds coming from the distance. After the loud thud, the, the raucous partying and belching and drinking and yelling, for just a moment, it stops. Bell worriedly looks up at the rest of the camp before yanking his head back down, looking at you and saying, I'm in trouble. They know something is wrong. Five seconds. So di- don't dice inside me. Do dice inside me. Dice inside me, please. Uh, Electric boogaloo. I still like dice me Amadeus. <laughs> don't shove your dice inside there. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, dice. Dice in every Dice hole. over my chest. Dice uh, means dice. Dice me on the ass. <laughs> Money dice. Dice does. I want your hot dice all over my tits. <laughs> it's too on the oh, nose. Whoa, where's the fucking where's tits your sense coming of, out of here? Yeah, man. Window and tits. You just went straight to tits. <laughs> Blow your dice in my face. What the fuck? <laughs> See, that has tact. Yeah. That has like a certain je ne sais quoi. That leave some of it to it. the imagination with that one. Yours, you're just like, yeah, let me That's spray your it. dice all over my tits. It's, it's a spoiler alert, dude. You gotta you gotta let people dream a bit. You're good. It's Let's okay, make Renee, dice together. Dice me harder. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dice me in the ass. All right. Let me dice over your feet. Okay. Uh... <laughs>
<laughs> I'm recording. That's a special kind of role play. Oh, I'm gonna bring back the fuck. chronograph of this world. Smell no, okay. me dick yeah, your dice. <laughs> <laughs> James is not what I told you. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Smell me dick your dice. <laughs> you got your dick on my dice. <laughs> oh, hot diggity. What the fuck? <laughs> fuck. <laughs>